What's up, everybody? This is something new. It's a Picard TV Talk. My name is Bo, and if you've never listened to a TV Talk episode before, these are kind of mini, off-the-cup, not very well-researched reviews. So if that's not your cup of tea, uh, Earl Grey, eh? Eh? then then this might not be the right podcast for you. Also, I want to kind of give a little bit of a, I don't know, a clarifier, or at least something to kind of give you a sense of what you're about to get from me with this series of Picard. I am not what you might call a Star Trek fan. At least, I don't think Star Trek fans would consider me a Star Trek fan. I watched Voyager back in the day, and I've watched a, well, I've watched DS9 to the extent that somebody gave me a list of episodes so that I could skip all the boring ones, and that's what I did, and I really enjoyed it. But here's the thing, if me calling part of DS9 boring was something that you're not gonna like, you might not like this podcast. Okay, so this might not be the one for you. I have also never watched the entirety of TNG. I know what TNG stands for, so there's that, but I've literally never sat down to watch. I watched a couple of episodes kind of peppered through here, there. You know, sometimes back in the day when it was on TV, I might have, you know, watched a little bit of it, but I was never really invested necessarily in that series. I'm a Star Wars guy, not a Star Trek guy, back when that meant something. It doesn't mean anything these days because you just you can just like everything and it's great. Okay, so hopefully now I've I've set the kind of the plate, the table, if you will, because I want to make sure that if you're listening to this Picard, you know, TV talk season three review, you get a sense that you know who you're hearing from. So you're not mad that I don't know every little detail of every little thing that happened on every little episode. I don't. I'm giving you the perspective of somebody who is not traditionally or historically kind of a true Star Trek fan and watching this new series and, and kind of, you know, giving you that perspective. I do think what a lot of Star Trek is trying to do right now is to try to appeal to more casual fans or to potentially new fans while also trying to like give, you know, that good sense of nostalgia to those that have been with it in the past. That could be a polarizing move, I realize. But at the same time, I might be the very person they're trying to get on board. And with some of the things that they've put out, like I've really enjoyed Lower Decks. It's, it's, it's funny. I get a few of the references. It's great. And I really liked the first season of Picard. I really enjoyed a lot of the new characters that were introduced. I thought it was a lot of fun. It had some cool adventure aspects to it that I really enjoyed. And then, you know, the, the reintroduction of Seven of Nine, who I loved back in the day on Voyager, was great. I'd love to see Janeway perhaps make an appearance on the series. But regardless, that first season I was here for. I thought it was awesome. The second season total drop of the ball. I I just, I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I barely got through that. I don't know that I could really follow it. I didn't get why this was even a thing. Like it was just so boring and felt cheesy in all the wrong kind of ways. I don't know. I just, I was not a fan of season two, but here we are with season three. I know a lot of Star Trek fans are really super stoked for what they're going to be doing with this season. And I'm excited to kind of, you know, see how they close it out. This first episode starts in much the same way as all seasons of Picard has started. Uh, he's chilling. He's retired. Everything's cool. He's got his lady friend from the last season. Everything's, you know, it, it is what it is. Don't do the math on their ages. Anyway, they're they're chilling. <laughs> they're chilling at uh, Chateau Picard. And then, of course, a friend needs help. And so he's going to get back into the action. He's connecting with Riker, who was like his number one dude back in the day. And they got to hijack a ship, essentially, and trick Starfleet into taking them to a place so that they go and, re- uh, and save Wesley Crusher's mom, Beverly. See, it's Beverly. I, I, I know some stuff, but what's this? Wesley has a little brother, and 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 we don't know who the father is. Is it is it Picard? I mean, this entire part one was called the Next Generation, and for that, other than Jordy's daughter, who we got to see, which was awesome, we 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 don't have a lot of the Next Generation featured here. So I wonder if the quote unquote Next Generation that the title or the of this episode or this part is referring to 
might actually be this younger crusher child. But circling back, I did think it was cool seeing Jordy's uh, daughter. I loved like she was just like beaming when Picard and Riker like walk onto the deck and she's like, oh, it's my dad's old friends and they're like famous, but like I know them. And like the the look that Picard gives when uh, when he hears the name LaForge, he's like, Geordie LaForge? Yeah, he's just, he's, he's shocked and so excited to see the child of his friend right here on the deck of this new ship. This new ship, by the way, that is being uh, commanded or sub-commanded? I don't know, what the next, second in command, I forget the titles of the people. But anyway, Seven of Nine is basically rolling and controlling the ship. She's got this new boss, the captain of this one. He's very by the book. Uh, he refuses to call her Seven, her Borg name. He wants to call her her human name, who she kind of sees as, you know, this version of her that died as a little girl. So she has to be traumatized constantly whenever he's calling her this. And on top of this, Obviously, Riker and Picard are here to do some shenanigans, and this dude is the most anti-shenanigan dude in the entire Starfleet. He also, like many people, seems to have a little bit of a, you know, anti-Borg mindset, which again, okay, I mean, the Borg did eradicate a lot of, you know, <laughs> the population of the galaxy. That's that's fine. But at the same time, like, you know, they weren't themselves. This, you know, seven is, is Seven. Seven and Jean-Luc are, are you know, they're, they're freed from the Borg collective at this point. You know, the, that kind of anti-Borg sentiment, uh... Not particularly helpful in this situation. But regardless, Seven does kind of throw them a solid and gets them to the edge of Federation space where they go and they find Beverly Crusher's ship. Now on the ship they go and there's a lot of memorabilia. I remember as they were kind of panning the camera over, you saw all of these little collectible items. You heard Patrick Stewart's younger voice from back in the day <laughs> talking as he was kind of giving his, uh, you know, his, his Starfleet logs and whatnot. And you get a sense that perhaps some of those collectible items might come back throughout this series. Collectibles featured a lot in this episode, as I recall. When they're at the bar, they had a bunch of the little plastic little starships that I'm sure a lot of people had floating around in their closet or bedroom or what have you. Once again, I've, I've got to assume that's got to be a nod to the longtime fans who've been collecting all this stuff, who go to all the conventions and all that kind of good stuff. They get all these references, but really I'm just excited to see where they take it. Rathi is also a really cool character that was introduced in the first season of this series, and I loved her in the first season. They just completely gave her nothing to do in the second season. Like it was, it was abysmal <laughs> the way that she was written in the second season. Here as this kind of super spy, I'm here for it. I'm wondering if who she's kind of communicating with is Sector 9? Sector 7? Sector something. There's a sector of Star Trek that's like off the books, but like low key is part of the Federation or, or something like that. Starfleet. I, I can't quite remember exactly what the thing was. But I know it's like a James Bond secret agency type thing from Deep Space Nine. Because I remember that from the episodes of Deep Space Nine I watched. And given the fact that she's communicating with this individual, I'm wondering if that might be what's actually going on. Now, I got another theory as well with her. She also, when she's communicating with kind of her handler, this person refers to her as a warrior. So I'm also wondering if perhaps she's communicating directly with Worf, who we know is going to show up in the series. I think there's gonna be a lot of references to people from across the various Star Trek franchises that have existed and series that have been out there throughout this last season of Picard. We did get a nod to Janeway, which was nice uh, in terms of we know that she and Seven have a relationship in this you know current timeline. I do know that there's there was some tension between the actresses but both of these women are such professionals that if you watch the season if you watch the series you never saw any kind of like that personal tension come out they were both killing it as their characters and are such professionals when it when it came to like on on air or rather on screen and off screen relationships so with that in mind i would love to see them come back i loved i loved that relationship i loved that kind of mentor mentee mother daughter type of thing they had going on and and i think that'd be incredible to to see return
return, if only for a moment, in this series. Given the inclusion of Worf, who is both on TNG and DS9, and if, in fact, this is connecting to that secret sector with a number attached to it that I can't recall, I'm wondering if Worf is somehow connected to this secret organization, which would also kind of yield some DS9 deep cuts in there as well. It's possible. I don't know. We just have to see where, where it's going to go. But at this point, I'm guessing that whatever Rathi is tra tracking down, it has to do with whatever Beverly is concerned about. Like this is all seems to be tied together and that'll probably come into play in the next episode or two. So looking forward to seeing where they're taking it. I'm excited for this last season of Picard. Look, I know there was a lot of qualifiers at the beginning of this. The main reason I want to put that out there is, like I said, I don't want, if you are a super Star Trek fan and you only want to hear from uber nerds who get like super into the nitty gritty of every single detail of everything, this is not the podcast for you. This is going to be, like I said, just very knee jerk, instant reaction. This is how I felt about the thing. And also, you know, through my limited knowledge, you can laugh at what I call various things that I don't know what they're supposed to be called. But let me know what you think. Did you enjoy this first episode of season three of Picard? Do you think they're going to stick the landing with this series? I certainly hope they do. I'm looking forward to it. Hope you are as well. Hey, by the way, I'm thinking about possibly doing season two of Carnival Row as a mini as well. Love to get your thoughts on that. Let me know. You can head over to TV Talk uh, FM. That's twitter.com slash TV Talk FM to give me your thoughts there. That's going to do it for me for today, but don't worry. I'll be back in a flash. <laughs> <laughs>